I think our listeners are smart enough to figure out why we're giggling like yeah. little school children. He doesn't actually hey, mean 69. Ryan Adams. <laughs> <laughs> no, Christy was saying that was the are year sure? she was born. Oh, okay. It's a fine year, my friends. It's a fine hey, year. I used to have the hots for Brian Adams, man. Let me tell you, I loved his music. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Oh, God, I'm crying. Welcome <laughs> to the Bomb Squad show. We are the bombs of the Bomb Squad, and we are playing Brian Adams because we have a very special show today. But really quickly, go to our website, momsquadshow.com, and thank you again to TuneIn. We're so excited to be on TuneIn, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying our shows and <laughs> all our craziness this week. I had a listener yesterday who was telling me, he's like, I can tell exactly what kind of show it is by how you open. If you're laughing and the music, I can immediately tell whether you guys are going to be goofy, but then you can get serious and be goofy again, but I can tell immediately what's going to happen. We are so, Renaissance women, okay? The Mom Squad show consists of here. Renaissance women, and that is why we are playing a little Brian Adams, one of our favorite Canadians. We are having one, our fi- one of our favorite Canadian women on this show today, um, entrepreneur, Mama Six. She's phenomenal, but she's talking about raising a child with autism, and it's so important for all of our listeners because we've had a lot of people weigh in saying they are parents of a child with autism, so we're going to have a special half hour today, ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And not only do you – maybe you don't have a child with autism. Chances are you know a child with autism. So it helps to, to get that perspective and to get some insight on what a parent goes through. Let's get this show started. Okay. <laughs> Kira was trying to give me some advice, but now she has a banana stuck to her arm because her kid won't stop throwing. Mom Squad. We are the moms of the Mom Squad. It is Christine. I'm so graceful about telling my poor 10-year-old that he's got things crawling in his head. That's not traumatic. (laughs) And Kira. I wake up in the morning, gnarly morning breath. My husband, Daisy's. Mom Squad. (laughs) If you're a mom, if you're a parent, if you just like to know what working women are talking about on a daily basis. Mom Squad. Mom Squad. Welcome to the Mom Squad Show. We are the moms of the Mom Squad. I'm Christine. I'm Kira. And I'm Chaz. And we have a very, very special show today. We are so excited. Check everything out on our website, momsquadshow.com. We're so excited to be on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, so however you're listening to us. And we often talk about our Canadian listeners. Well, one, because um, Kira's better half is from O Canada, but we have a very special guest today and we're excited and you know her very well Kira is that yes, correct? Yes I do yes I do well here's the here's the great backstory that when I first had my twins right I received all these really cool gifts and one of them was these really fancy cool boxes called Mabel's Labels and it had stickers with my kids names on it with Sage and Kellen's name I'm like oh my gosh these yeah. are awesome I put it on their bottles I put it on their bags I put it on the back of their t-shirts and I always thought it was the coolest thing and it's funny because every other parent just kind of like took a marker and wrote it on their kids stuff and I thought man I'm rolling high class with Mabel's labels here I mean people people stop me and like where did you get those stickers anyway long story short just through my job I end up meeting this wonderful woman by the name of Julie Cole, and it turns out that's her business. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're the Mabel's Labels lady. And she, I have them too, by the way. Yes. So anyway, she is joining us today. Why? Not just because Mabel Labels, that she's a, a, a fabulous businesswoman. She co-founded this company, 
but she is an amazing mom. She's a mom of six. While she's running a business, she's raising six kids, one of whom uh, has autism. And she's been on my show before. She's talked about all of that just being just this, this renaissance mom. So Julie Cole, welcome to the show today. Oh, thank you so much. What a nice welcome. <laughs> and yes, you know, we're big lovers of Tim Horton coffee. Rob <laughs> Ford, that's a whole nother story, okay? But but we do love Tim Horton. <laughs> God rest his soul, but long live his coffee, right? Indeed. <laughs> So anyway, all three of us and so many of our listeners um, are interested in this subject, um, Julie. And I think you know, I, I would go to say a large majority of the moms that listen to our show have a child um, with autism. So you know, I know so much about you, but tell our listeners and, and tell my fellow uh, squad members, um, you know, why you've been so passionate about talking about. Um, autism and the signs and the challenges um, for families. Yeah, well, you're right, Kira. Um, I think so many people are now affected um, by autism. The stats, it's just, the, the growth has been so dramatic and, and, you know, we just don't know why. But the reality is, everyone, if, if you don't know a child with autism now, it won't be long before you do. Everybody's got a, a child, a nephew, a niece, a neighbor, um, you know, kid at school. And, you know, it's just one of those things that's so prevalent. And, yeah, no, no reasons as to why at this point. Um, but it's here, and it's not going anywhere. We all need to um, learn, educate ourselves, uh, and, and help understand families dealing with this because there's a lot of families facing the challenge of raising a child with autism. I know for me, uh, my son, who is now 14, he's my eldest, Wow. And he was diagnosed when he was just over three years old. And for us, what we noticed was that, the, the, firstly, it was the language. There's really three areas of deficit that you see with a child with autism. And for them to get the diagnosis, you need to see the deficits in these three areas. And they are language. So often language will be uh, very delayed. It won't come on at all. It will be very um, confused, words in different order, a lot of echolalia where they just repeat what other people say. They don't actually speak their own words. So you see, you see that in the language. The other piece is the social, right? Um, so this is where they're not relating to their peers. They're not socially engaged. They're actually not even socially interested. For me, it was very interesting when my guy was little, he wasn't even really interested in showing me things. I can remember being with my friends, their kids would drag them around to look at things. It's that joint attention. And my guy, I was like, wow, I never get dragged around to look at things. That's kind of weird, you know? And that was, that was an early sign. The other piece is the behavior. So um, the behavior shows in many different ways. Um, probably one that is recognizable is the stims. We call it self-stimulatory behavior. You know when you see the child like flapping or rocking or toe walking and for some reason they engage in these self-stimulatory behaviors as a way of sort of tuning out and it somehow brings them comfort. It's repetitive behavior that looks looks a little bit odd. So you'll see, you know, if, if you see those, all three areas affected, most likely you will have a, um, an, an autism diagnosis. Now, parents, don't panic because there are things that are very much developmental stages. I know a lot of kids with autism, what they do is they line up their, 
their toys. Like they'll get their blocks and they'll just line them up. They'll get their trains and they'll just line them up. They won't play with toys appropriately. But lining is up is actually sort of a stage in development. It's just our guys get really stuck on that. So I've had so many parents call and say, oh, he only does is line up. And I'm like, it's okay. Just if, if that's all he does with his toys, then you need to be a little bit concerned. You know, Can we talk? Go ahead, Christine. I just wanted to ask you, I think another thing that's confusing, and then I, I know we all have questions, is the spectrum. Can you explain that to people? What does that mean exactly so that we understand what the spectrum everybody talks about? Yeah. The high-functioning, low-functioning. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, it's Autism Spectrum Disorder, ASD. And, you know, at one end, you'll get your sort of high-functioning Asperger's. And I always think of Asperger's as autism without the speech delay and sometimes I actually feel sometimes it's harder with the Aspie kids because because the speech isn't delayed they they get their diagnosis later like I found in a lot of ways at least I could get on my guy earlier whereas a lot of my friends with Aspie kids they weren't able to get therapy and help for the other stuff to later because they were so late to diagnose because they didn't have the language issue right mm -hmm. um so it is a spectrum. You've got one end and the other end, and certainly there are characteristics that they all have, but also each child is so different. And I always say if you've met one kid with autism or you've met a kid with autism, you've met one kid with autism, they really, really are so different. Um, you can have kids who um, sometimes appear low-functioning because they're nonverbal, but they're actually just nonverbal but quite high-functioning. And it's all, and the one thing that I always tell people is they seem to have this idea that um, part of a diagnosis is having learning disabilities. And it's really not. Like our guys can, can learn. And if they're not learning, then we need to change our teaching methodology because they really can learn. Um, as, you know, I said earlier about the diagnosis, nowhere in there did you hear learning disabled. Now, certainly some children are who are on the spectrum and, and, and that's, fine, you deal with that as you would with any child who has a learning disability, but it's not part of the diagnosis. So we, we need to really set our expectations quite high for these kids and, um, and really push them along. You know what I thought was interesting that I learned about you, Julie? Um, you've talked about service dogs for kids with autism, and I had no idea that parents did that. Is that mm -hmm. common? Why do you, do you think that's a good thing? And, and how do parents, like, when do they know, okay, a service dog would be good with my kid? Yeah, look, this is hot at the moment. This is a fairly new thing. Like, I remember probably the first time I saw an autism service dog was four or five years ago. Um, to get a service dog is difficult. There's a huge waiting list. It's very expensive. A lot of families are doing fundraising. Now, I can tell you the families that I know who have a service dog can't imagine life without it. Wow. Um, so these, I mean, it has been a life-altering. Not only has it brought, like, companionship to their child, and there's this relationship between the child and the, and the service dog that's, that's quite magical, um, but also for safety reasons. Like, the they sometimes will tether their child with the dog because the child wants to be with the dog all the time. So a, a big issue with kids with autism is wandering, and that's something I can remember my guy, when he was little, he would run and he would never turn back and look for me. Whereas my other kids, I mean, soon, you know what it's like, soon you're out of sight, they're like, mommy, where are you? My, little, my guy would not even, he would just go and go and go. And I can, like in those days, absolutely a service dog. 
um, would have been would have been great. Very, very great. Now we were at the point now. Um, you know, we we don't need one for my son. He's at the. Uh, a different point, but certainly I can tell you the families who do have them just swear by them. It's amazing how dogs can break that language barrier. So it, it doesn't, it, they can communicate with people without language, which would make Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And for a lot of these guys who are nonverbal, they still seem to have this relationship and this mm-hmm. connection, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, I remember covering a story. It wasn't too long ago. You guys probably remember it was the young boy that um, he had. Uh, he he's autistic, and the last time they saw him, he loved to wander. And the last time they saw him, he wandered out of his school and just dis- disappeared in New York City. Do you guys remember this story? Yeah. And they they, yeah. they never found him. It's heart wrenching. And sure, there's loved- stories like this every day. And honestly, these. There's actually a day in the year where we honor all the children we've lost to wandering. And what often happens with the wandering, 80% of children with autism, number one cause, no, not 80%, number one cause of death for children with autism is drowning because there's not a lot of, not a lot of fear. They wander, they see water, they go in the water, they can't swim and, and that's it. Number one cause of death. It's scary. Yeah, and I remember they when they were looking for this boy, they they went on a massive search of all the the water that you know the, it was close to water actually. This school yeah. is that why you created these 411 ID wristbands? Tell our listeners about that. So we do have these wristbands. Um, we call them our 411s, and they have the child's information, maybe mom's cell phone on it or dad's cell phone number, and maybe the child's diagnosis. Parents can personalize them and put whatever they want on these wristbands. And certainly a lot of parents in the autism community love these things. We actually have a partnership with Autism Speaks where we give them a cut oh, from every quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even, you know what, parents of neurotypical kids love them too because we've had oh, the number of testimonials from parents who went to Disney and just got back and said, thank you so much. My child was missing for five minutes and I got a call oh. that, you know, and it's just ah, so good, right? And even like wow. I find, even with my little guys, I throw it on them when I send them to birthday parties. So if they break an arm or something, the parent, like all my information's right on their person, and the parents can call me right away, and I can, you know. Do we have the there. same? Um, we have these concerts in the park over the summers here where I live, and lots right. of people go, and kids are running around everywhere. And I thought one day, you know, if my son got lost, nobody would know where to bring him, who who he was, yep. and. I need some of yep. your wristbands for sure. Need, you need some wristbands. You I need some wristbands. Do. And they can just call you. And yeah, yeah. Because that's what? a scary. I mean, there's nothing worse than losing a child. Oh. That's a terrible. We've all done it. I mean, look, it's the worst three minutes of your life. <laughs> right. Even <laughs> that 30 seconds, the panic. Oh. It is like, oh. it is so terrifying. terrifying. And let me tell you, with, with six, I've done it many times. Some of them always I, make I, it home. I can't keep track of one. So <laughs> I don't know how you do it. All right. So I'm Julie, not even kidding. we talk mm-hmm. about everything on this show, as you can imagine. And here's what I want to know, which completely sidesteps the uh, topic here, but we'll come yeah. back to it. I promise. And I bet Christine and Chaz, we're all sitting here wondering, how do you keep like the spark going in your marriage with six kids, huh. one who has autism and you have yeah. your own business? How do you nurture the marriage? Look, uh, that's a really good question. I'm going to be honest. We don't do like traditional date nights. Um, I, I, I think really 
when it comes down to it, uh, I actually have the audit, um, added complication of he flies in and out for work, so he's actually gone all week. Maybe that's what keeps the That's what I was just going to say. There you go. There's the solution. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I've gone a little... I've got a little bit too used to it, but I will say that because in the early days when we had like, our kids are very close in age too. Like when I had my fifth, my eldest child was six years old. We couldn't go out. I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't do it. I mean, by the time we paid for two babysitters and an evening out, like it's just not reasonable. Oh my gosh, but the one thing two I, babysitters. Oh. You, we need to, you, couldn't leave, you couldn't leave them with any one person. That would just be mean, right? Like who thinks of that though? I would not have ever even no. thought of that. Of course you need two babysitters. It's like a no. babysitter. If she exactly. left one babysitter with all those kids, she'd be getting a call going, "Lady, I'm out of here. I'm out of here." I'd never get a baby. I would. Who would do that? I don't even want to be alone with them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I find like with big families, what ends up happening is that you are like we're very. I'm very. I'm very structured. I'm very organized and very routine. And my kids, whether they're four or 14, they're in bed at 8.30. Um, and I'm a bit of a night hawk, so they go to bed at 8.30, and there's no reason why daddy and I can't grab a bottle of wine, go sit on the back porch, and chat for a couple of hours, and that's as good as any date night that we need. The thing is, you know, you've got to do what suits your family, and people do say to me a lot around, oh, you must not get, like, me time. You must not have, like, date nights. I'm like, no, but you know what? If you want all that stuff, like... Don't have six kids and start a business. <laughs> like, this, like, really, this is a choice I made, and I'm really, really good with it. Like, I'm really and you're making it work, though. Right? Yeah. yeah, making it work. And, I mean, I often tell this story about the one time somebody bought me this um, a gift. It was a massage. <laughs> and I sat on that table, trapped for an hour, thinking about all the things that I, I could be getting done. So, you know, there's certain things that... <laughs> You, you got to know your own needs. That's not a need of mine, right? So, right. and that's okay. But if you do need that, take it. Take it. You know, moms have Step to do what works for them. Yeah. What you're and describing, though, it's it was it, your life is your choice. It's something that you wanted for you. It's not like something yeah. happened to you. You're not a victim. Right. <laughs> you know. No, this that's is... the thing. And people like so often people be like, "Oh, Julie, when I'm having a bad day, I think about you, and I feel so much better about my life." <laughs> You guys, what does that like, mean? <laughs> doesn't it bug you though when moms or just people complain about, I mean, all the time about their children or too many or this or yeah. being too busy? I mean, I'm sorry, oh, but you I don't get it. I don't to have children. I don't get it. I get so angry. I just get yeah. so mad. I'm like, this, yeah. The, yeah, like Chaz just said, you didn't fall on this. You That's wanted right. to have children. You didn't yeah. stumble yeah. and fall into being a mom. Oh, yeah, like, I own my research. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'm in charge of my reproductivity. Uh, like I can have my kids and when I want to have them and whatever, but it's, yeah, it is funny. And I don't, and I got to say like, probably my, what really gets me through is, um, you know, you can't, you can't buy, you can't get a prescription for it, but a healthy dose of perspective, man, it is my survival tool. Mm-hmm. It is my best survival tool and keeping it real and just not sweating the small stuff and remembering, you know, when, everybody's running around and it's like, we're not saving lives here. You know what? We're raising kids and running a business. I'm not performing the Heimlich maneuver at this very moment. It's all good. You know, <laughs> but at any moment you could. <laughs> yeah. There's a doctor that I really, I really like reading and she always reminds you the first thing you, th- you should think of is this is not an emergency. 
this, I, t- right. I can take a breath here. This is not yeah. an emergency. Like if your child's having a meltdown or if your kids are yeah. fighting or just take that breath and stop and say that to yourself because we tend to get into that fight or flight, whatever reflex. Yeah. And um, instead of that, just calm yourself for a second and then handle the situation. Absolutely. Agree a hundred percent. And I find when I have a new baby, you know, people say, take it one day at a time. I take it in 20 minute chunks, literally like in 20 minutes, somebody's not going to be bleeding anymore. In 20 minutes, somebody's not going to be hungry. That one's going to be fed. In 20 minutes, that one will be dressed. Like I, if I did one day at a time, it was too overwhelming. <laughs> Got to break that, that sucker down a bit. <laughs> so Julie, are you going to have more kids? Oh, no, no, no. Hey, dudes, I'm six C-sections. I'm done. Oh, holy wow. cow, man. Uh, oh, I'm, we're all like I'm a science experiment. You know, the worst part of C-section. Oh, we're all. Oh, are you? You're all? Oh, yeah, all of us. And the worst part for oh, me was the constipation. Terrible. I can't imagine going through that six times. Holy crap. Oh, terrible, right? <laughs> no pun intended. The worst is coming home and having a, um, yeah, yeah, that's crappy. Um, the worst <laughs> is coming home with a, with a new baby and having a 15-month-old jump on your gut. So want to get carried around. Oh, yeah, that's Oh, man. Yeah, Holy cow, Julie. Stitches, splitting stitches was like a hobby. Julie, can I bring? Can I ask you a question? I know we're all laughing, but I did want to bring it back to yep. um, autism. Just one more moment, because I think that sure. to me, the hardest challenge for somebody with it, who has a child who's on the spectrum is that some of the discipline methods that people use for kids who aren't on the spectrum could, to me at least, have the opposite effect if you're dealing with a child who is on the, the spectrum. Like, I don't know, do timeouts work or do certain punishments work? I mean, do you have to do, change your discipline oh, style? Great question. Yeah, very. You absolutely do. And, and it's funny you mentioned the timeouts because timeouts don't generally work for our guys because because guess what that means? They get to go sit in the corner and stim. That's what they want to do. Yeah. Like, we don't want to isolate them. Like, I'm always, if they're quietly stimming alone, that's what I'm constantly interrupting and redirecting. So a timeout is like a gift to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And that's why that's why a lot of, like, because the discipline methods are can be different, of course, depending on the child, that's where a lot of the judgment comes in, right? right. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part when you're getting the stares at the mall and you're getting the, and this is what keeps, you know, I think this is what a problem, it keeps moms isolated, it keeps them at home. And I had an incident once where I, I like I had to practice taking my guy out. I had to get him out socially and practice some of the skills. And then you deal with the the, the dirty looks and the the eye rolls and it's so infuriating because I could hide at home and t- do the easy route, but I need to develop this child and I'm sorry that it's 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 tough on you in the mall, but you know what? We're in a food court. If you don't like it, go to a fancy restaurant. Like I just I have no patience for it. I stopped caring what people think four kids to go. I just <laughs> do what I have to do and you know, and the thing it is, it's the judgment and that's tough. And I know every mother feels this at a certain point, but it's, it's, you know, times 10 when you're raising a child with autism, because, because it's that hidden, because it's a hidden disability and there's no physical, um, signs, you right. know, people just think people just they're spoiled that don't discipline right. your child. And, and you know what, even still, even if that's the case, it's really none of their business. So I don't have a lot of patience around that either. Sometimes I think, gosh, it would be, you know, for a lot of families, it would be so much easier if there was something physical that would give 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 people a, a, a cue that, you know, something's up, right? Something's up with this kid. He's right. not a spoiled yeah. brat, you know? Right, 
Right. I know we yeah. got to let you go soon, Julie. But I just on, in the same vein of what you're talking, what Chaz just asked you, with the discipline, do you discipline the other five children? So do you have rules in your house, and you have to all six go by the same rules because of that? You know what we do? I've got to say, probably the best thing that ever happened to me as a parent for raising a big family was being trained in applied behavior analysis, ABA, which is the therapy um, that is the best therapy for children with autism. And my son was a huge responder to that. And there are all sorts of little things uh, that I learned in learning in, in raising my son that I've applied to all my children. And it has been a absolute godsend. I don't know how I would have done it otherwise. So, you know, I just think I, I use everything as a teachable moment. Um, and I, I think like for the parents out there who do have a child with autism, I, I just want to say, the very best thing you can do is invest in them now. Um, look, you're going to struggle because I know the sleep thing is an issue. Our kids are terrible sleepers. Get some melatonin. Um, get them on a program. <laughs> Seriously, get them on a program. Melatonin is great. Oh, yeah. our guys need, our, they, are, they, sh they are short on melatonin. They need melatonin. And, like, parents are so sleep-deprived. Financially, it's a huge strain. Make sure your entire family's on board. Like, when my son was diagnosed... I started a therapy center in my basement. I had therapists coming and going and, you know, made us poor as church mice, but best investment of my life. But every grandparent, aunt, uncle, friend was trained in applied behavior analysis. They all had required reading. They wow. all knew what was on my son's program. They were either on the team or anyone who had anything to do with my child had to be on board so that we were always, he was always um, working on his program. People knew how to generalize the program and it was just, it was all in. We were wow. hardcore, but man, best investment in my life, and you should see him now. Julie Cole, oh, well. you are my hero. My hero. <laughs> she runs her own Unbelievable business, mom. Mabel's Labels. Unbelievable mom of six kids. Keeps that spark going because her husband's on the road Monday through Friday. <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> and... So you know, though, just, just so you know, my house is a mess. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Good. Well, Mine is two, and I have one. <laughs> And and I'm yeah. for for all our listeners, Julie is just a blast to be with. She and I have had drinks and hors d'oeuvres, you know, after conferences before. And she, she's a little <laughs> crazy party animal. Let me tell you, she has a good time too, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> come on up come on up to Canada and I'll buy you all a beer. Yeah. Hey? I love it. That's a fish fry. <laughs> Can we have some okay. fish fry, too? Well, then we have to all get together at some point, whether we come up to Old Canada or the next mommy mm -hmm. convention, and, and have a glass of wine and some laughs. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show. We will post all this information on our website, momsquadshow.com. But really quickly, you can follow Julie at Julie Cole on Twitter or Mabelhood. Love that, at Mabelhood on Twitter as well. And it's mabelslabels.com. But again, everything will be on our website, momsquadshow.com. And we hope you'll be a regular on our show like you were uh, with Kira on hers because we, I, I think you're fabulous. That. And you're definitely an unbelievable that. mom. Yes, Thanks, yes. And we'll, we'll pull Good you call, in on other Kira. topics too, Julie. Yes, amen. She's Sounds a mom. Great. And by the way, I've had your labels since like 2006, I think. I didn't know they were yours. Music they last my ears. forever. <laughs> I got them for Yes, they do. Aiden is everything and we have horses on on his just so you oh, know right on. I, I got the one. and i said no way this is her i can't believe it i already <laughs> had him and i didn't even know it <laughs> that's awesome 
<laughs> Thank you so much. We will have you back soon. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Thank you. Well, again, Kira, she was fabulous. Nice work. We're gathering a nice posse of unbelievable moms as regulars on this show. It's so exciting. Um, Amen. So the show is over. I am so excited, you guys. I couldn't sleep last night because it's our sixth annual Duffy Day of Pampering. And we talk about this a lot on the show, but I started the organization, the Duffy House, for um, survivors of domestic and sexual violence. And this is our sixth year. It's kind of like our present to mom. It's like Happy Mother's Day. They get manicures, pedicures, facials, massages. They get their hair wow. done. They get shampooed, colored. All the meanwhile, they're kids. We have moon bounces. We have this um, big truck that comes in with games on it. We have the fire departments coming, the motor squads coming. I've got a guy walking around on stilts, and this is all happening tomorrow. And I have 114 women and children coming. So I've got to go Holy set up. And I'm so incredible. Excited. I'm so excited. So, so excited. I, I, I well, really admire it. Don't you, Kira, the, all this stuff she does with the, the Duffy House, it's really inspirational. And especially all of us have had some sort of relationship with somebody, a personal experience with someone within the family who, who has dealt with domestic or sexual abuse. And I'll tell you, I am so passionate about um, just you know, sexual predators and what they do to our children and taking them down and doing stories on law enforcement officials that are doing everything they can to take, you know, those horrible human beings uh, off off our streets. And so what you're doing, Christine, is unfortunately when someone does go through an experience like that, thank God for you and programs like that that add comfort and support and inspiration. We love you. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you. Um, well, the, you know what this means? I don't know if that went through, but you sounded like a robot. Yeah, I don't, bit. Know. But, I don't know what we should do about that. Maybe it'll be kind of cool. That's okay, but you know what this we'll means? We'll keep it in because it was so inspirational. Oh, oh, yeah. It was inspirational. I'm an inspirational, I'm an inspirational robot. And you guys, <laughs> you, you are an inspirational <laughs> robot, and next year you guys need to be here. <laughs> that would be awesome if you could join. We're We're in. in. We're We're in. in. Oh my god. All right. Mom squad out. Love you guys. Love you, robot.